Today's reading is from Mark chapter 8, verses uh, 22 to 38. No, it's not, 27 to 38, sorry. Put my thumb in the wrong place. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for you to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? Or what can you give in exchange for your soul? If any of you are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Wonderful. Thank you, Dave, very much. So I'd like you to just get involved in conversation for a few minutes. Uh, that'll mean finding some people who are near enough to you to talk to. And uh, given that we are in rows and we're not in the most comfortable group setting, uh, nevertheless, I think you can connect in twos, threes, uh, four would probably be the most. If it means uh, just standing up, moving around, turning around, kneeling on your chairs or something like that, then uh, that's absolutely fine. And if we can put up on the screen some uh, conversation starters, because this is where I would like us to start this evening, and then we'll pull you back together, and uh, there's a bit more that I would like to say. What does Christmas mean to the wider community today? So we're launching Christmas tonight. Uh, we've, we're at the first Sunday of Advent. As you talk to other people about Christmas, what are you hearing? What does it mean for those who are around you today? Let's see if we can capture a few of that. And as you talk to each other about that after that, um, we'll take a bit of feedback uh, with the roving microphone in a moment. Then also, while you're talking to each other, go on to uh, ask, if you were to rewrite Mark 8, 27 and 28, what might it say? So it might say something like this, that Jesus and his disciples went on to the communities around Birmingham. And on the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they replied, some say this, some say that, some say the other. Who do people say that Jesus is? So if you're talking to the people around you today, who will they say Jesus is? Will they answer like uh, the answers came back from the disciples or will it be different answers 
Maybe for some it will be unrepeatable answers today. But we have to acknowledge that that is how some people understand Jesus. So let's hear what people say about him. But then, of course, we want to go on to say what are the descriptions you can think of which express who Jesus really is. Who is he really to us? And who do we want him to be known to those who are around us? So there's a lot there. I'll unpack some of it a little bit uh, later on. But maybe just in a preliminary conversation, I, I can kind of looking around, I think you can quite easily connect yourselves into threes or fours along the rows or just uh, going immediately in front or behind. Just give a few moments to what does Christmas mean to the wider community today. If, if you were to say, who, does, who, do they, who do people around Birmingham say that Jesus is? What kind of answer would you get? Uh, maybe the last one we'll deal with all together when we come back. So just a few moments for that. Where you go. Okay, I'm going to interrupt your conversations and see where we've got to. So we won't be able to get an awful lot in the way of feedback to everyone, but it would be nice just to get a taster of some of these conversations. What does Christmas mean to the wider community today? Have you gathered any sense of what, uh, what the mood is around us as far as Christmas is concerned? What does it mean to anyone? Anyone like to just comment on what uh, you have said within your groups on that? So, we have different views, not contradictory, but different uh, perspectives. So, Becky had a very good one, which was uh, a chap who'd come to her house to do some work and said, it's a time just to shut the door and not hibernate, but escape from the, the, the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I took sort of a, a, a very jaundiced view and said, it's another day like Black Friday, but more so where you spend loads of money. <laughs> okay. Other thoughts? Yes, following on from John's thoughts, really, we said basically it's a time of excess in just mm -hmm. about every kind of excess you want to think about. Okay, yeah. The comment that was made that everybody in the group agreed with was that the, the people who accept other religions like the Muslims and so on that are living among us now know far more about the Christian faith than a lot of the people that have been born to it in this country. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so some connection with Christmas and the Christian faith. We'll come to that in a moment. Um, so, if the question that was asked in the story that we read, who do people say that I am, was asked in our community at the moment, what kind of answers might we hear? I won't worry about the microphone, just call them out. What might people say about Jesus? A prophet? A good man? Teacher? Who? Yeah, who is this person? So they're not necessarily connecting Christmas with Jesus, and they're not necessarily giving anything. I think our group was really saying that we think quite a lot of people just don't give any thought to who Jesus really is. Uh, and even if they do absorb the story of the manger, it just kind of sits there as part of Christmas. 
but doesn't go any further. So let me follow on from that as uh, we think a little bit more about this occasion when the disciples were talking to Jesus. Because what I want to say, especially this evening, is that uh, this is actually a very important question, who is Jesus? In our Christmas services, we're focusing on the phrase, this is Jesus, Savior, Light, Gift, Lord. But before we declare this is Jesus, we're just stepping back for a moment and saying, hang on, who is Jesus? To many people, he has little or no relevance in life today. Some may say that he's an inspiring teacher or a good example. Many will sing carols or go to church at Christmas. Now, I don't know about you, but actually for me, the habit of going to church at Christmas both excites me and it frustrates me. Do you think like that? I mean, it's exciting, isn't it? The church is full. Lots of people come. I won't be surprised if those Christmas services are very well attended all the way through. Don't presume on it. But people will come. They will come in response to your invitation, but they'll, some of them will come anyway. It's exciting, but there's also an element of frustration about that. It may be that people like the atmosphere, the carols, the sentiment of it all. But it's hard beyond, to get beyond the idea of just adding church to what is a nice part of Christmas. Rather than seeing Christ as the reason and the focus for everything at Christmas. Because by and large, people don't do that. If we think that Jesus is a good person to know about, if his life is a good story to include in the school curriculum, his example is a good way we should follow, then we will continue to have that superficial interest in church and a polite curiosity towards Christians without going any further. But if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the way, the truth, and the life, the soon-returning king and judge, the Lord of heaven and earth, if we really believe these things, then we'll take a different attitude to Christianity, to church, to Christmas, and to the whole of life. So Peter's answer to this question in Mark's account was, you are the Messiah. And in Matthew, the response is, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus then goes on, as you know, to write about his own suffering and death, about the way of discipleship, which embraces the way of the cross. And uh, some of you I know have read Peter Morden's book, Discipleship, and he develops very clearly in the opening chapter of that book the whole concept of a disciple of Jesus as someone who is following the way of the cross and following the pattern that Christ himself offered. We have to be clear on who Jesus is. He's more than a good person. He's more than a fine example. He's more than a pioneer leader. He is none other than the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And knowing who he is will be the key to Christmas as much as to any other time of the year. And I think people pay lip service to Christmas. 
because they don't really believe who Jesus is. So some will be quite happy to come to church, sing the carols, do the Christmassy things. But it won't go any further because they don't really believe who Jesus is. But it's not just those outside the faith who have struggled a bit with who Jesus is. It's happened within the faith as well. And in the history of the church, there have been times when an understanding of Jesus has got off balance. And some of the most significant errors in church history have come out of this. It won't be a surprise to you if I say to you tonight that the core of understanding who Jesus is is to say that on the one hand he's fully human and on the other hand he's fully divine. This is who Jesus is. That won't be a surprise to you. But actually to grasp the importance of holding those two things in perfect balance is so, so key to understanding Jesus and to understanding Christmas. He is fully human. That is what the incarnation is all about. The disciples saw his humanity. They traveled with him. They listened to him. He was a human being, walking, talking, eating, sleeping, and doing everything that normal human beings do. And they had no doubt about it. But sometime later, Christians began to drift away from this. And there were some who had the feeling that Jesus wasn't really human. Almost as if God had helicoptered down to this world in human form, but not really entered our full humanity. It was an error of teaching in the early church known as docetism. That Jesus only appeared to have a human body. That his sufferings and death were apparent rather than real. That ultimately he was a celestial being who lived like a human being. That he was not fully human. And the New Testament addresses that on a number of occasions. It's hinted at, obviously, in this question, where Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter had caught a glimpse of who Jesus really is. The Apostle Paul, in writing in the letter of Colossians, addresses the imbalance the misunderstanding of who Jesus is. And he declares very clearly, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And he goes on to write about all the things concerning Jesus that are significant. And then he says, for God was pleased to have all the fullness of God dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. A number of passages in the New Testament that quite deliberately redress the imbalance and say very clearly, Jesus is fully human. But of course, the other side is that he is fully divine. And I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I'm just highlighting the importance of these two. And this is important because, again, 
there are people who get this wrong as well. And if the first century error was towards docetism, that Jesus wasn't really a human being, I think that by and large, the 21st century error is the other way and puts him as a human being, but does not see him as God. Maybe a very significant human being, but not fully divine. This, of course, is teaching that you will have both in Judaism and in Islam, respectful of Jesus, recognizing him as an important person, acknowledging him as a prophet, describing him differently, but not saying, as Christians would say, that he is the Son of God. And I think it's the most common view amongst anyone who would give any significance to Jesus today, any serious significance to Jesus, who would actually recognize that the nativity story does give some grain of truth about it. And they would see Jesus as a significant person, as a teacher, as a good example, but would not see him as the Son of God. Jesus was there in the beginning of creation with God. He will be there at the end of time and at every point along the way. And in his humanity, he never lost his divinity. And the only reason why he can be our savior today, why he can be our life today, our Lord, our light, and whatever other words we might use as in we come into our Christmas celebrations and say, this is Jesus. We can only describe him in these ways because he holds uniquely that he is fully human and fully divine. And the key to the person of Jesus is holding those two in perfect balance, not putting one above the other, not seeing one as more important than the other, but both completely in balance. And everything else we say about Jesus follows on from that. And the Christmas story, of course, is the greatest witness to this truth. Jesus, miraculously conceived, born as any other child is born. The human and the divine uniquely interwoven in the Christmas story.